Well, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. My country's greetings is really similar to Bashir's. I feel like a lot of things are going to be really similar to Bashir's. Yeah. They're right next to each other, but greetings is the same. It's traditionally two kisses, one on each jig, and it's more of like an air kiss, so you're not like directly like straight lips on the cheek. It's kind of like you're kissing the side of the cheek at an angle, but um, depending on who it is in your relationship, some people might go for more hugs. Um, I haven't personally experienced this. Hugs that where people try actually my uncle never mind but sometimes people will try to uh, suffocate you with a hug mm-hmm. <laughs> that some people have and then like the hospitality like Bashir said um, inviting people like I'll, you walk into some house and they'll be like hey uh, like Bashir said they ask you how's your family how's your kids uh, I'm gonna add a couple that I've they'll be like how's your family how's your kids how's your father how's your mother how's your grandmother how's your grandfather um, just ask everything how's school. Uh, how's life? Um, be asking like thirty-five questions in the span of two minutes. They don't even be expecting an answer, really. They just, like they're just asking and asking. And asking. You have no chance to answer. Um, yeah, it's irrigation. It's like it's like that. Um, and the hospitality side, like you go into someone's house immediately. You immediately, get, you get sit down, you get tea, you get sweet, uh, and they might even just make you a full course meal just because you're there. Mm-hmm. Talk about the language too, because yours is a little bit more French. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of people, because French is an official, Tunisia is the, the first language, but French is an official language in, in Tunisia, so like um, almost everybody that, everybody that lives in the capital um, and in like the major cities goes up speaking to Arabic and French. Um, and you get to, like villages in the countryside or, or outside, like down south, they don't really speak French, um, but everybody up north speaks French typically. Yeah, that region is actually called Le Maghreb. In French, because of how it was colonized. So Libya just missed the cut. You're just outside of the yeah. speaking region. Yeah. Just Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia. But... Yeah. Stop. Sorry, y'all get him next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max. And that's Armenia. I mean, I don't know what there is to say because you guys all summed it up so perfectly. But yeah, this is a very Mediterranean thing to do. Greetings are almost like a ceremony because here in America, greetings are very, let's say, reserved. People just say hello to each other. They just stand there. Giving a hug or giving a kiss is almost unheard of. People sometimes do handshakes, but that's about it. And I don't even think that family members really hug or kiss as a form of a greeting. But no, Armenians, Mediterranean people, people from the Balkans, people from... Iberia, those sorts of regions. Yeah, everyone essentially suffocates each other when trying to say hello. That's awesome. Do you want me <laughs> to explain Armenia or do you want to? Actually, go ahead. Me? We both can. Okay. So like in Armenia, there's some, some simple greetings like, you know, Bariv, Bariv Zis, Inchkachka. It's like, hey, what's up? How are you? And then, uh, you know, when you meet a new person for the first time, it's always... They inv- like especially if you're a foreigner and you're there, they're definitely gonna invite you in, give you some food, make you eat food. Um, even if you're full, you gotta have food. Um, so it's very hospitable. Like even in my family, I see like over Thanksgiving, I went to go see my cousin Rafi in Boston, and even though I'd never met him before, like he just let us stay at his house, let us in, and I, I very positive it's the Armenian hospitality that is the reason for that and you know I learned a lot from him he was born in Lebanon his dad was born in Marash 
So, I mean, it's just, you know, things like that. It's all, that's what Armenia is all about. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. So, moving forward, why don't we discuss family values in our cultures? Or maybe the family structure or how we, how we deem family. How we view it. Um, I guess I'll start off, but... <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily like say it's just like all live in the culture because I mean things may be different, but I'll talk about my family specifically. Um, like family's number one. Family's everything. Family comes before everything. Um, it's and it's more the one big thing I notice is like here in the states, it's mostly just intermediate family, but like overseas, like for example, it's like we have, like where we live. It's like my grandma and grandpa. Um, would be on like the bottom floor and then it's like my two uncles on the other floor and then like my other uncle and then like our family's house so it's just like we're all living together like the whole entire family the whole street like the whole family is just together and there's a bond so like i feel like in my culture you have like a deeper bond with your grandparents with your uncles aunts like all that stuff because you're with them a lot more you grow up with your cousins and it's just like a very serious um thing about like how your family is like one thing i specifically notice is um like with grandparents like this like here for example they have like retirement homes and stuff like that like that is unheard of overseas like in libya specifically that is unheard of your mom your dad they stay living with you until uh, like god takes them away essentially but that's it there's no retirement homes like for example like right now um we're blessed like my grandma's living with us right now and it's just like amazing like to live with her to see her all the time but like i mean so that's like something very important and like something we hold very valuable in our culture or in my family's culture i should say oh yes um so uh i think bashir the prop, me and Bashir are going to be saying a lot of the similar things. I don't, I'm trying not to repeat it too much, but I'm just going to add, sort of add on to what he says. Uh, so everything Bashir said is uh, is the same uh, for us, but I'm going to add um, that in Tunisia, I noticed that like um, even if you have people that aren't related to you by blood, let's say you have, like I'll, I'll call people my aunt and uncle that aren't actually my aunt and uncle like all the time, and so let's say like the Damune or uh, Ami, which means uncle, and then you say their name, their uh, their first name, but um, it'll sort of be family is a uh, is not they're not so strict on what classifies as family, because like I said, like I have um, by blood, like my my uncle's wife is not related to me by blood, obviously, but I still call her. We 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 used to still call her aunt and all that, and same with other other family members, so. Um, you don't necessarily have to be related by blood, and it's just whoever's really close to the family, blood or not, is is, is considered family. Um, well, now a bit of what he just said. Uh, I have something else to add. Something that's a bit different with, like, with family overseas is like, um, like for example, like on the, if it was my dad's brother, I would call him Ami, or like my dad's sister, Amti. But then if it was my mom's brother, it would be Khali and my mom's sister, like Khalti. So we don't, like here, it's like uncle or aunt from both sides. But there it's like a, it's a bit different in that you use different terminology to refer to like which side of the family 
you're talking about, which is something I've always found pretty interesting. So you guys don't use tonton and tata? Nah. That's probably more of a French thing. That's probably the French influence. See, yeah. but that's amazing to me because you guys literally border each other. You're two Arab North African countries, yet you're so different in so many different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's literally like two states in the United States being next to each other, but typically they're very similar. You know, like there's a big difference. So I, I think that's cool. Um, okay, I guess I can share. Um, I guess I mean, actually, Miriam would probably be better at sharing that. So why don't you? Do we both can. There isn't only one Armenian on this planet. But you see, I mean, I'm going to try to share some things that haven't been stated before because obviously it's the entire Mediterranean vibe. So everything that we share is going to be practically the same. But you see, in America, people are very much so much more individualistic. And family to them really is entirely different. I mean, in America, people consider their pets to be family members, and that's almost unheard of in Armenian culture. And I think Americans or people would really deem Armenian culture to be just too family-oriented and that we just do too much as a family, but that's just the way it is done. I mean, it is so normal for somebody to just live in one household or literally in one house or one commie block in Armenia, like a Soviet-style apartment, and to never leave and to bring perhaps their wife and to have an entire new family within that family's house as well. And also, I think in Armenian culture, motherhood or always being there for your cousins and siblings is far more different. It's more prioritized or more saluted, I suppose. I think there are different roles for each family member within the family unit in Armenian culture. Max, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I, I'll touch on on America a little bit more, though. Like, you notice how vastly different these cultures are, yet at this, like, when you just think of general America, yet at the same time, these cultures are also what makes up America, a very large portion of it. So, um, you know, it's just, have just being aware of that. And when you see that, it's not like, okay, these people are weird. It's, this is, this is what their culture is. So yeah, that, that's just something definitely. I want to highlight. Of course, it's, it's different for everyone, each to their own. Yeah. I find that since Armenian history has been very much so heart-wrenching and has often resulted in so many families being entirely wiped out or separated, I realized that this is why family is so prioritized in our culture and even more than it would be in other cultures because Armenians understand the power of it and how easy it is to entirely lose it overnight. Absolutely. I think that's really powerful. Like, like legit. Um, I mean, I never even thought of that, but what you just said, um, mm-hmm. it kind of, it kind of resonates with me. Like it makes me like, like it hurts me to see like Armenians, obviously they've, they've always known how important family is, but even more so now they, they hold family even more important because of all the, um, the, the the horrific events that they've been through. Um, so that sort of breaks my heart. Um, oh, just putting, it in that, putting it in that perspective, just like, gosh. There's a, there's like a line in Armenian that I like. It's Manu Kasa Kisle Sumen Papirisana. And what that means is I hear the voices of my ancestors from childhood. So it's like, ever since you're a little kid, you're constantly like, 
um, indulged and like surrounded by things like you're constantly the influence of your family members are always being put upon you like so you get that family background from a very young age so i don't know that's something that i've always liked one thing that is very common in Armenian culture as well is intergenerational trauma and i think most people don't discuss this but even if we do receive so much love or strength from our family i think intergenerational trauma or pain being passed down generations is so prevalent as well and that's something that I've been researching a bit more recently, and I, I can't deny it. It's very much so there for all Armenian families, it seems. What's next? So next up, we can perhaps discuss education. Mm. Or education, pedagogy, I don't think I'm saying that <laughs> word properly. But, you know, we also all come from very old nations that have actually done much for academia or society as a whole. So there's a lot to discuss, actually. All right, for uh, sure. I'll touch on a bit education of Libya. I mean, I studied there for one year in third grade, but I was blessed to go to a private school there, so it's a bit different. But I have quite a lot of friends there that I've talked to. Um, first off, it was, so there's only like three years of high school, three years of middle school, and then the rest is just like elementary, whatever you want to call it. Um, but pretty much... Um, Honestly, like the education has been like insanely affected right now or like over the past decade because of war and um, COVID and such. So it's like they're like going to school in the summer and then they won't go in the winter. And it's just like different schedule because of like war and like they'll have like tests postponed. But like from talking to my parents in the past, like, um, for example, like here, I mean, you would say senior year is more of like a laid back vibe, like, all right, everything's done. But like overseas, it's like when you finish your senior year, you quite literally like take an exam that like determines your future. Like at least in Libya, like you would have like, I'm pretty sure like uh, the exam for like, I think it was my dad's year that he graduated, like only 11% of the country passed and you have to like pass to get into college. So like a lot of people would have to like retake the exam or, and then the other thing is like here, no matter what you get, like you could, graduate with like a 2.0 but then somehow end up being a doctorate because like anything's possible but like over there it's like you must graduate like in the top of your class if you want to like go into being a doctor if you want to go into like those certain like high level professions but like here it's more of just like a laid back like you can always like make up for it but whereas there it's like i guess you gotta you're like under more pressure i would say I and then, to like, oh sorry go ahead go ahead no no i'm finishing I was just say I was gonna add on to what you said at the end. Some, you you sparked something really cool that I remembered from when I when I went over over the summer. Just finish finish and I'll add on. Uh. Oh, I guess like the other big thing is just like boys and girls are pretty much separated until university, so that's like a really totally different aspect. And then the other thing is like. Libya, I mean, it's in North Africa. I'm talking like over the summer I was there. It's like 110 degrees. And my friends were going to school and there's like no air conditioning in the school. Like this is like stuff we don't even experience. Like imagine that. And it's like wooden chairs. Like, you know, when you watch those movies from the 1900s and it's like those wooden chairs that look incredibly uncomfortable. That is like where they're sitting. So it's just like, honestly, like totally different perspective. It's honestly insane to think about now when I go to like my school and look around, it's just something different. Go for it, Elias. Um, I was going to add um, 
onto the like you said here like anyone like if even if you graduate high school the 2.0 then you can you can become a doctor um i was gonna say like similar to what you said like in tunisia um to to like sort of pass high school um there's a there's a test called uh the the buck um i guess it's called the baccalaureate it's a french yeah because we have a lot of french influence but um so you have to take that and pass it but the the I don't want to say cool thing, but the interesting thing, the difference between here and there is here. No matter what you graduate high school with, you can choose kind of what career you want to go into. So I can choose to be um, something psychology major, literature major, math major, business major. There, your mate, you like your future and your career is decided for you based off your scores on on the buck. So the higher score you get, the the more prestigious. Like you'll be, you know, you go into the doctor territory stuff like that but if you get like some sort of like you still pass but you get sort of like the lower passing scores and you'll be like um handed into like marketing or or, or like some of the very gen- generic business things so um i thought that was always really interesting i'm not saying i agree with that system uh to say uh i think everybody should be able to choose but but i, I was kind of shocked to learn that because here i mean obviously anyone can choose any field you want as long as you pass and you get into a college so that was interesting um but in tunisia Sort of, from what I've noticed, um, like people put emphasis on education, but there's not as much, I want to be careful how I say this, but there's not as much competition. Like people don't feel the pressure of competition like in America. Like here, it feels like everybody's, like it feels like everybody's fighting each other for an A is, is sort of the, the thing that um, the schools make us feel. Over there, it's kind of like people will just like barely pass their classes, like like if you're barely passing classes you're basically getting b's or a's there i think their education is harder from what i've heard in tunisia um they don't have as good of teachers and you know their resources and everything but like they have emphasis on education it's just way more laid back i don't really know how to explain it like if you skip class here like and you don't have like a parent call you in like oh you're, uh, you're gonna get in trouble but there if you skip a class just like whatever um, <laughs> <laughs> that is a very foreign thing in fact oh yes go ahead uh, I was just going to touch on the last few things we talked about, so like education and family. One thing I find like extremely interesting is obviously there's like a great influence, obviously still by your parents here in American culture, but um, I would say like, it, especially like Libyan culture, it's like um, very forceful of what your parents want you to be like, oh no, you're going to be a doctor. Oh no, you're going to be this. Like, for example, like my dad's, my dad's a dentist and I asked him, I was just like, oh, so what were you like into and curious? And he was just like, no, my mom, there was like a dentistry school open in Libya and his mom was like, oh yeah, you're going into that. And then he just became a dentist. Like, so it's just like, parents are just like, kinda are like, yeah, you're gonna do this. Like, or no, my son must be a doctor. So it's like, you go over, like, it's like, I would say that um, the title of what you are, your status is still like a lot more um, important in like Libya, for example, than like here in the US, like for you have to be able to say like, I'm a doctor, I'm like an engineer or something like that. Whereas like in the US, like I couldn't care less if you were like a, whatever you were. But like there, I feel like status and the title of who you are is very like influential because of like many factors. Like for example, if I wanted to like dwell into it, it's like, for example, like marriage, like, when like still there it's more of like a arranged marriage kind of vibe so like if i was gonna go ask for the hand of marriage and it was like i'm like a business person or a doctor they're like oh no my daughter must get a doctor or something like that so that's why like the status is still way more important and essential 
So that's something I've like, thought about quite a bit. Miriam, go for it. So here's the deal. I actually went to school in Armenia for first, third, and fifth grades for, for, for a few weeks. I was essentially like an unofficial exchange student. And I have many friends there who are my age and obviously going to school, as we all do. And there are many differences between American and Armenian, like the education systems. And as Alice mentioned, there is this sort of thing. It's called la voix in French, but this isn't necessarily a French thing. But it really, there is a sentence, not a sentence, a system where based on where your best grades are or like in what field they are and what your interests are, you kind of have to path, you have to follow a humanitarian path or like a scientific path or one for business, one for marketing. And with those paths, there are very specialized classes. So obviously if you're some sort of not business major, but if you're going into that business path, you're not going to be taking, let's say linguistic or mathematic sort of classes. And in many ways, this is very restricting. But at the same time, I suppose that it's easier for people to follow their passions that way. There aren't as many opportunities or resources in Armenia, obviously. And the infrastructure is very much so still from like the Soviet era. But at the same time, what's very interesting to me is that after school activities and sports are not as integrated into the school system or school itself the way they are in america like there are no such things as sports teams for various schools or let's say huge clubs for organizations at armenian schools the way there are in america like there are people in america in this country getting into university or college because of their athletic abilities but this is almost unheard of in armenia it is very much so co-ed in a sense where you know, in, in many countries, women are kept illiterate and they're not allowed to pursue some sort of education. But this is almost unheard of in Armenia. And it's interesting because my father actually is a PhD scientist but here in America. And when he was getting his chemistry bachelor's degree at Yerevan State University in Armenia, there were actually more women in his classes, in all these like science STEM-based classes. And it's very it's quite paradoxical, I suppose, because here in America, people are still trying to get women in STEM. But then you have a country like Armenia that doesn't have enough resources or is considered a second world country. And it seems as though it, there's more equality in the educational field. But also, I suppose this goes for all countries outside of America, but classes are much more difficult. You have to study more. It's not like you can just easily get into a college through sports or what you do outside of school and also people learn more languages there which is like unheard of in america but everyone learns russian armenian and also english at school many schools also teach german or french i'm sure this is like the same in north africa as well thanks I mean, I don't have what I, I don't have much else to say. I, we only have five minutes left, so maybe we have time for one more to go quickly. All right, let's start one off, and then just get over to Mike. Okay. He hasn't spoken on this one. Yeah. What should we discuss? Keep talking a bit, but what? We can go over holidays, and yeah. Okay. Good. Me? Yeah. 
Yes, yeah. We, we just said you. <laughs> well, you already talked about the Armenian Orthodox Christmas holiday, like the January sixth. Well, that's not the holiday. What else do we? I mean, there's of course other like I know Elias does uh, Eid and Bashir does Eid, and it's not like it's not a matter of like you know talking down on people that don't know about Eid or and certain parts of the world that christmas comes on january 6th or january 1st it's like here this is like it's in a constructive way right it's like this is what happens in their culture j just so you know like this is why it's not why don't you know it's this is what's happening does that make sense yeah, yeah but yeah. you want to you want to touch on like like what like so you said the orthodox christian holiday in armenia and just touch on like what someone would do during that day what people do yeah obviously there's a lot of time with family and food Miriam actually covered this on one of the the videos that we did so just re mm -hmm. re say it. re say it? okay um retweet retweet so, yeah, <laughs> so the the history is like so armenia they use like a different calendar right and it's like a i forget what time period where it was where it shifted but like long ago it was always january 6th and then Armenia just kind of stuck with that while everything else kind of went like a different path and maybe, I don't know, modernized. I don't know if it is modernized, but um, yeah, Armenia sticks with that. And like Marion said with the Soviet Union, they did it on January 1st because they, they did not have uh, like religious beliefs. But Armenia's always had that. They were the first Christian country. Um, but yeah, good stuff. All right, you guys go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Just going to add a small note, but for Christmas we actually all and a cutout. Oh no, Mariam, we cannot hear you. Mariam, shut up. We cannot hear you, please, please. Dude, she's and the problem is she's saying like some cold stuff right now. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you, you can tell by the hands. Oh, I'm sorry, I cut out entirely, but yes. Yeah. Now, now we hear you. Yeah, now we hear you. You got three minutes. Yep, three minutes. Okay, so did you? What did you guys hear before? Because nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut out entirely. But Armenians and Italians, actually, for whatever reason, we actually eat fish to celebrate Christmas. Fish with rice that has like dried fruits on top. I know that doesn't sound very appetizing, but it's actually very savory. And yes, I mean, Max perfectly explained everything, but Armenians and other Orthodox Christians or Orthodox Christians, or Christians of the East, essentially, we follow a different calendar. And essentially, Western Christians or Catholics took this calendar and kind of aligned it with pagan traditions, if that makes any sense. I mean, the reason why they celebrate Christmas in December is because they used to celebrate Saturnalia that time. See, you know a lot more about this than I do. <laughs> Max, let's let's have you share. What does it mean? Share, what does it mean? Just just very briefly retouch on what what does it mean to you to be Armenian? Uh, it means it's an identity. It means that uh, despite everything that my family went through for me to be here today, um, I can use that to say, hey, if they went through this, then I can, I'll, I'll be fine, you know. Um, and it's also given me something to pursue like the genocide education project i would not i would not have any interest in that if it wasn't for what they went through so um touching on that identity thing it's something that you can use to put good into the world and hence one of the messages of diversity for change casey 
So. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Should we all go around and say what it means for us to be from our culture? It's gonna have to be rapid fire. We got a minute. We got a minute. We got to close. Yeah. Bashir, go. Go, Bashir. Um, being Libyan means a lot to me. It means that I have like a different mentality as Max related to. You see your parents sacrifice so much. It changes your mentality. It changes your work ethic. You know you have to do more. You know you have to do something to make a change because you've been blessed with this opportunity that not many others have been blessed with. I don't got much time, so that's it. Yes, sir. Preach. Oh, Mariam, go. Quick. Go, Mariam. <laughs> I don't even know what to begin. But basically, it's doing everything for our ancestors, doing everything to keep their spirit, their dreams, their hopes for Armenia alive. It's sharing our culture, spreading, not propaganda, but always talking about it as I do. That's great. And yeah, everything for Armenia. Go ahead. Well, to be proud of where I come from and um, show to, sort of, you know, show everybody about it um, and try to spread as much positivity about my own culture and try to um, negate any uh, people's perception on it. That's not true. Yes, sir. Love it. Thank you guys for hopping on today. Good stuff. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got it done. Let's go. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it. All right. See you guys later. See you. Leave it up. Some spare time left. Well, it's, go about, it's going to end. Yeah. <laughs>